You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. This week's episode is split into two sides. This is Side A. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I'm your host, Armand. You can follow me on Twitter at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. More important than that, you should follow the official Clock Radio Speakers Twitter handle at CRS Podcast. Clock Radio Speakers is powered by Tumblr. You can catch us on Facebook. You can catch us on 4th District at 4thdistrict.com. You can catch us in the hood. SoundCloud? SoundCloud. There we go. <laughs> SoundCloud.com slash Clock Radio Speakers. We're also on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. You can subscribe there. Make sure you vote for us and comment as well if you have not. And if you have done all those things, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, tell a friend because, you know, the more people, the better. We mm. want the audience. If you, if you believe in this show, as so many of you um, do and tell us that you do, it's great when you tell us. It's better when you tell somebody else. So, so that person who just sort of um, hmmed in mm. agreement. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> ah, what's going on, Doc? Uh, it was a good weekend, man. Uh, everybody can follow me on Twitter if you want, at Doc underscore Beats, S not a Z. Do not follow me anywhere else because I am nowhere else. Uh, 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 um, yeah, man, uh, we had a good weekend. We were, uh, yes, we did. We, we met up in, uh, the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania, the Allentown Bethlehem area for the Happy People Show. Shout out to Allentown. Showed a lot of love, even though I don't think anybody who came to the show was from Allentown. <laughs> Uh, first off, shout out to Mateys for their um, their cheesesteak. Yeah, that was good. Are you not familiar with the uh, Philadelphia cheesesteak? No, this was my first time having a Philadelphia, Pennsylvania cheesesteak. And sweet Jesus, mm-hmm. sweet Queen Coretta. <laughs> it was really good. They had this homemade ketchup in it. Oh, man, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. So shout out to Mateys, man. That was that was good stuff. So so why, where'd you where'd you end up eating at? Oh, I, I was gonna I was gonna try to set the stage, but we'll just get right into the details. I ate up there was a a small little Italian restaurant like three or four blocks away. Um and we snuck in at like four forty five. So just huh. before people like actually released they, they open up at four and of course, aside from like, you know, your great grandmother, who who shows up for dinner on a Saturday at four o'clock? Nobody. We were like the only people in the place when we rolled in at four forty five. It was great. So um snuck in, got a table. I had some veal and it was good. Word. Yeah. So why? Let, let, let's back up. Uh, yeah. Why? Why? Uh, why were you in the Bethlehem Allentown area? Yeah. So uh, we uh, we had a show. It's called the Happy People Show. I was there to support a, a friend of mine, Tragic Hero, a friend of the show, Taylor Gray, and another guy named David James, who was really dope, good guy. He did a, a cover sooner or later, so we were instantly, you know, best friends. Anytime you cover <laughs> NERD. And you're cool with me. Right. Um, hey, that, hey, that rhymed. So, yeah, we were, you know, we drove, I think, seven miles out from from Ohio. And, uh, yeah, we, we rapidly wrapped our little hearts out. And 42 North was there. There was a band. And it was good. It was a really, it was really good. The venue was dope. Um, had this sort of artsy fartsy feel. But it, <laughs> it was, it was, it was updated. Right. Um, the acoustics were actually the shout out to the sound man, whoever the sound man was, because it kind of looked like the sound was going to be bad just because the building was older. There was like it was like metal, like ex- like vent work running over the top. And you're just like, yeah, oh, but no, it sounded great. Yeah, it sounded good. 42 North as a band. Uh, they did a phenomenal job. Really dope guys. And uh, yeah, everybody who was there, shout out to everybody who we met, took pictures with. That's always weird when people want to take pictures with you. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, 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 really dope. It was really dope. Um, one thing I have to say is that Doc showed up with his wonderful wife. Can y'all imagine? I just want to, I just want (laughs) to paint this picture for our listeners out there. So one Doc is already very polarizing, right? (laughs) Let me tell you, there are two Docs, like his wife. And I'm not saying that she acts like him or he acts like her. I think that's just what happens when you get married and two become one. Like you just pick up similar characteristics. Like she's quick. She's quick. She's she's sarcastic. She's very witty. She's hilarious. And uh, yeah, 
She's really, she's really, really dope. Really, she's the really, first really lady dope. of Clock Radio speakers. She is, yeah. We officially dubbed her. She is the Miss Elizabeth of Clock Radio. See, I, I was thinking, I was thinking like Eve and Rough Riders. That was what I was imagining in my head. Nah, because Eve had like blonde hair. No, and, and no, no paw print tattoos going on here. But um, yeah, no gangsta loving over here. <laughs> that song came on my Spotify radio, and I got mad. I think that's. I think. I don't think it's one of the wackest songs ever, but it's like one of my most hated. Like I hate, I hate that song. Like like Peter and the Chicken. Like I hate Gangsta Lovin'. That's not a terrible song. There are much worse songs. It's just goofy. That's my problem. <laughs> it just sounds like a clumsy girl walking in heels for the first time. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It sounds like when you. It sounds like when guys go to homecoming and this is like their first time wearing a suit you ever seen like a 15 year old in a suit it's so embarrassing everything about that whole description you just painted 15 year old guy in a suit there's for in most cases there's nothing good coming out of that not at all it's baggy doesn't it's not tailored right you know it just yeah it's it's all it's all bad it's really 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 all bad but uh but yeah show show was show was super super dope uh was glad to be a part Doc bootlegged my set. <laughs> I can't believe you're still talking to me right now. <laughs> I should. I should. This should be a solo edition of Clock Radio Speakers. <laughs> the, the, I think the thing that I'm actually for real mad about is that I didn't see the recorder. We're pretty sneaky with it. I, I see. Um, what actually irritated me is I checked before I left to make sure I had plenty of battery and everything was fine. And we get done with your set and it's like showing like barely a bar of battery left on it. And I was just like, wow. what? And then I came when I came home and got everything off the SD card and transferred it and everything. And it all of a sudden was showing full battery again. And I'm like, wow. oh, this I'm thinking to myself, oh, is this thing dying? But whatever. I, I've gotten a lot of use out of it over the years. But but yeah, um, of course, I was going to record it. Yeah. And I'm I'm going to keep it real. Like, I haven't listened to it yet. Only because I'm my worst critic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I totally I'm understand. Just, I'm just going to like be like, oh. You know, I mean, but, I'll, I'll, I'll toot my own horn because obviously I produced it, but the crowd's reaction during Walking Contradictions was great. Yeah, that was really, that was really, I had a moment. Yeah. And I kind of predicted that I was going to have a moment. I think, I, I don't know if we talked, we talked on air, off the air, but I was like, yeah, I, uh, I was rehearsing it and I sort of felt like felt it coming. And like you said, it's that second verse, man. It's that second verse. It's like, you almost have to go there. In right. order to perform it, like I can't just rap that verse. I have to literally jump back into the summer of 2011 and like right. live that verse. Right. And uh, I'm just glad I'm not there anymore. But it's <laughs> it's it's dope to be like to sort of jump into a place, into an experience, and then you know be able to talk about it and walk somebody through that. Yeah. So it was dope. It was dope. It was dope. Yeah, it was a great show. Um, I'm glad we could come out for it. It was. Uh, it was yeah, a- it was. It was good to see you, man. Yeah, man. And. Uh, Marissa got a, my wife Marissa got a great picture of us. She did. It's a really really dope picture. So by the time you, I mean, it'll be on the gram tomorrow because I'm gonna. Well, by the time you're watching this, you'll you'll see. <laughs> but yeah, really really dope picture. I want all the other cool rapper pictures that you guys took. Um, it just my all the pictures on my camera just reminded me I need to get a new phone. <laughs> like I took really really good pictures, or I had people take good pictures, or I had the uh, the the pictures that your I had your wife take on my phone. I was just like, man, these suck. <laughs> I just need new. I just need new phone, or I just need to like invest in a camera. How about that? Right, right. Is that that little joint y'all got? Is that is that like is that an old or is that just the the technology that digital cameras have now? What do you mean the uh, oh the camera we had? Yeah, that that Sony joint. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, a couple years old. Okay, but uh, Sony makes basically what they've done is they we'll, we'll nerd out. We'll switch the cameras here for a sec. So the biggest thing with a camera is the size of this. There's a couple of things, right? There's like the quality of the glass. So the quality of the lens, right? And then there's, and, and how deep it is and how much light it can let in. And that's right. why smartphones kind of still struggle, right? Because there's just not, they're so, they're so thin. Even a thick one is so thin compared to like the lens on a regular thing. They have to do all sorts of crazy tricks to get enough light in there. Right. So there's yeah. all like, it, it will still take a while for smartphones to catch up to real cameras. And then, so for compact cameras, they traditionally didn't have really big sensors and they didn't have really good glass in front of it. So when you would buy like what they would call a DSLR, like a fancy, like a you know a camera with interchangeable lenses and stuff. And even those have gotten smaller, but this one is basically like, it's the size of a compact camera 
like, you know, like a point and shoot, like one that, you know, you probably had like a while ago or whatever, except it's got a larger sensor like crammed into it. So for its size, it takes really good pictures. It doesn't have interchangeable lenses and it's not like the most professional quality, but it's, it's a huge, it's definitely a step up from, uh, from camera phones. So even, even newer ones. So, um, gotcha. so yeah, it's nice. I like it. No, there we go. But, but yeah, uh, it's a great show. Um, so yeah, nothing to complain about. Cool. <laughs> so aside from, aside from, uh, your, your trip out to Pennsylvania this weekend, what else is going on, man? Um, working on some Marcus Graham stuff. Okay. Um, trying to get it to some more digital outlets, uh, working digital, on digital, digital, digital. <laughs> uh, more digital outlets, um, working on, you know, getting the lyrics up on rap genius, um, working on, you know, some other stuff that I don't want to talk about just yet, mm. but, uh, you know, some Marcus Grammary things, uh, sort of getting into album mode, getting ready for the holidays. I, I didn't realize Thanksgiving was next week until, I talked to you and was like, oh, snap, we have to figure out what we're going to do next week because right. I'll, be, I'll be in the D. I was just going to so say, uh, you headed out of town or? Of course, of course, of course. It's, it's just now tradition for me to just, you know, make the three, three and a half hour drive and hit a Michigan and hang out with my dad. And You're going to try to sneak in an NBA game? Any, any players you can, you can heckle? You know, I didn't even think about that, but I should hit him up and see if there, there's a game or something going on because I'm going to be there for... Four days, so right. we could probably sneak that in. Oh, um, I know I definitely want to see Apollo while I'm there because uh, Apollo comes out. I'm sorry, Creed comes Creed. out. Uh, Creed comes out Thanksgiving, so that you know, start some Christmas shopping. You know what I'm saying get 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 all that stuff. But I'm 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 chilling pretty much, man. I'm I'm chill. I just moved and I want to you know do some rapper stuff and rapper stuff costs money, so <laughs> I'm I'm chilling. But I'm good, man. What's up with you? Uh, not much. You know, it's uh, it, it's cold. Woke up this morning, it was in the 20s, and I was like, nah. Got yourself a gun? <laughs> but, you know, about time to, uh, not, not like I ever stop, but about time to start really making that cold weather music, you know? It's always yeah. cold. In, it's always cold in Ableton Live for me, but like, <laughs> <laughs> now it's actually cold. But, uh, but no, nah, man, everything's good. Um, we've got a lot of music to talk about this week. Like, yeah, we do. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Seemingly out it, of nowhere. Seemingly out of nowhere. It was really funny. And uh, and ignorant of us, you know, as as people who sort of pride ourselves on doing research and all that stuff. Just last week, we were complaining, like, where's the music? Right. It's wide open. How come nobody's <laughs> dropping? And then like the next day, right. like, yeah, Def Jam's dropping 45 albums this week. Like, fam, word. Right. So here we are. What, what are we talking about this week? Um, we've got four albums. Four albums that we are going to talk about. It's my fourth <laughs> album. Uh, including one from an album, you know, one from an artist you might not necessarily expect us to always talk about. Right. Man, Bieber. Bieber Valley. Um, but before we get to those albums, there is a couple random, random things that are floating around there. Okay, like what? Like your man Rick Ross. Rose, okay. Who, who is uh, following up. So he had, what was, that, what was the album called? Oh man, that's terrible. Um, Billionaire. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Black Market. Black Market. He's got another one coming out December 4th. Yeah. In the meantime, wait, was that the name of the mixtape or was that the name of the album? No, Black Dollar was the mixtape. Black and Market. Black, Black Market is the album. Is the album. And then, so that's coming out December 4th. Yep. And he is just putting out a ton of music. Yeah. Now, we have complained when sometimes when artists just seemingly put out music, like just really trying to see if it sticks. Because a lot of times, if you're doing that, that indicates that the music isn't maybe that compelling and you're hoping something sticks. But the stuff I'm hearing from Ross, that's not the case. And, and I was, I was going to say that you, you sort of alluded to and complained about that right after Black Dollar came out because right. Black Dollar came out in the following week. He went back to releasing records on SoundCloud. Right. And so it's kind of weird because he's putting out like there's just loose stuff that's coming out on his SoundCloud that's not intended for an album. Yeah. I'm guessing sample clearances. Probably. But then at the same time, and I just listened to a quick snippet because I didn't want to, you know, I, I didn't want to ruin it because... It's tough when you listen to all this music and then you actually listen to the album and you're like, oh, it's that record and that record. I, you know, yeah. I don't want to play anything out, but it's got yeah. a record with Nas that sounds, sounds kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they, they've got a little streak, right? Right, right. They've, but They've got what? Accident Murderers, 
They've got oh, a accident murderers. accident murderers triple. Yeah, because for whatever reason, triple beam list, dreams, triple beam dreams. Isn't there? There's another record, right? Uh, was it something with Maybach curtains? I don't know. That sounds like that sounds like a Rick Ross song. Hold on, it does. I'm, I know there's a Rick Ross song called Maybach curtains. I don't know if Nas is on it. Uh, it's it's a it's Meek Mill, Rick Ross, Nas, and John Legend. Oh yeah, whose album was that on? Meek Mill's right. Dreams okay. and nightmares. Yeah. Wow. Right. Oh, the Meek Millery. Uh, um, well, speaking of Meek Mill, yeah. Uh, rumor has it Dream Chasers Four Thanksgiving. Um, also, rumor has it New Future mixtape Thanksgiving. Also, rumor has it not. No, this one's confirmed. Fab dropping a mixtape on Thanksgiving and or these are albums. I'm sorry, these are retail albums Thanksgiving and Christmas. And by retail, <laughs> I mean digital retailers. Right, like Fab, what he like what he did with the Young OG. This is one of them is Young OG Project Two. <laughs> and the other one's called something else. Now, Everything gets a sequel now. Fab is a Fab is the Twitter rapper. Fab has not had a physical product in store since Loso's way, and that was what two thousand and nine. It's not hurting him. It's not. And now I was going to say it's not hurting him at all, bro. So all of a sudden, there's a ton of stuff coming out. Absolutely. Now, also, 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 two things. One, uh, Rihanna's dropping Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, record called Anti. But I'm hearing the first week is exclusively on title, and the full release will be December 4th everywhere else. Mm. So remember, we talked about you know yeah, title's exclusive. gonna have to, yeah, title's gonna, but not only exclusives, title is gonna have to throw one of their A-listers in that exclusive category, and it looks like they're going with Rihanna. And uh, the other, I've also heard rumors that uh, Views from the Six will be out January 6th. That is a weird time. One six one six. Yeah, I mean, come on, you're a rapper. It's, it's, no, it's no. weird, but it's like it's. You know what? You know why it's not weird? I'm gonna tell you this because okay. didn't earlier this year, like the first quarter was just like nah, like it was, but like start dropping. It was, but I still feel like January has a stigma. Absolutely, absolutely. February absolutely. no longer does. You can put stuff out in February. Yeah. I, I guess the fear is with putting music out in the first quarter, it gets forgotten about. Right. You've got I think, like, I think, a mi- right. I think like a mixtape. Absolutely. In, like in January, is it, if it's really dope, you can have a lot of space. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that would be an interesting move. I mean, maybe it doesn't matter anymore. Right. I mean, we moved to this world of streaming. Right. Where streaming is more predominant. You're paying the monthly fee. So it's not, it's less about, I need this stuff for, you know, I'm not like the whole idea of fourth quarter was people are buying it as holiday gifts. So that's why I was always got to get it in November and December, right? right? Preferably before Black Friday even. Right. Absolutely. Right. I thought it's no coincidence that Nicki Minaj has had incredible success putting albums out on Black Friday. Absolutely. Um, But the more that we shift to streaming and there's still a lot left to do in that shift, right? But someone like Drake, who is getting paid from Apple for Apple Music. Maybe it doesn't matter as much. So here's my question, and people can hit us up at Twitter, at CRS Podcast. Right. Um, are, are people buying CDs as stocking stuffers in 2015? Oh, that's interesting. Are people even buying iTunes cards as stocking stuffers in 2015? Like, right, are, the, are we- the idea of music as a gift. Yeah, you know, like that was always, you know, I got the big presents around a tree, but the stocking stuffers, I would always get a CD or two. So, yeah, uh, for me, it was more the money from like, like the, you get the check from the grandparent. Yep, yep, yep. Or, or you know, the, the, the 15, 20 bucks from the honor of the uncle, if you were lucky. Yep. That would just go right into a big, like, a, you know, a big fund. And then like, you know, somebody got something that wasn't in my, that they, they didn't know if it was like my right size. And if they included the gift receipt. Oh, I'm clearly just, I'm clearly getting store credit and hoping they have a CD section. Yep. Like <laughs> that's what I used to do. Right. I mean, when I was a teenager, but I don't, I don't know if it works that way anymore. Like if you're, if you're subscribing to either Spotify or Apple music, or I guess even title or whatever it is you, that you subscribe to, then it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. That's a really interesting idea. Um, so maybe January doesn't matter. Maybe if, it's interesting. Right. I mean, I wonder, I wonder how much influence Apple gets over that release date. Right. If, if, if for them, they're, they're sort of like, well, we're going to be really busy. We don't need you to drop now. But January right. would be really interesting because mm-hmm. you would be this. Oh, we would have, you know, if you're not worried about, oh, we have to sell stuff before before the holidays. If it's more about 
hey, nobody else will really be putting out anything big and we get all this attention. Right. Right. All these people who might have gotten Apple devices for for the holidays. Absolutely. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, because I'm get, I mean, I'm just, we haven't heard this, but I'm just assuming that at least for the first week, this uh, the Drake record will be exclusive to Apple Music, right? Absolutely. I'm guessing Absolutely. that's the case. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. 1616. Yeah. So. He's had a lot of luck in February. Yeah. Uh, if you're reading this, it's too late. Came out February, right? And of course. So far gone, so right? So far gone. Now, another person who we are waiting to uh, hear music from, we kind of heard some new music from them today. M- Mr. Mr. Kanye West. Mr. West, who is who has been much, much discussed. It's funny, like we kind of discuss a lot of the artists, similar artists. Right. I, I, I think that I think that there's these stories are just interesting, just how they fold out. You know, so Kanye, I think Virgil, who's who's Virgil? Is that his manager? It's like his it's he's a part of the crew because he, he, I know he's got the fashion thing with Off-White and then but I don't know. I don't think he's his manager. No, I think never mind. I think Don C is still his manager. Right, right, right. right. OK, so anyway, so Virgil was in uh, Paris, London. No, not definitely not Paris and, and shout and condolences to everybody in Paris for that horrific tragedy last week um i think they were in england london something like that somewhere somewhere over there. yeah somewhere over there somewhere in Europe. look how ignorant i sound <laughs> and they were at a party and uh he plays the kanye record that uh people heard during the reveal for yeezy season two with his uh, adidas line uh, what's the record called again wolves no, not Wolves. That That's, was season one. Oh, that was season one. Oh, this new one. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, the one I sent you today. Yeah, I, I remember it, but I can't. All right, hold on, hold on. I'm we going to look it up? All right. Uh, we're, so, we're so prepared here on Clock Radio Speakers. You know it. Fade. I'm sorry. Oh, Fade. Right, right, right. Yeah, Fade. So now I remember you saying you liked this record when you heard the, the sort of snippet, snippet or loop or whatever from the, uh, from the fashion show, like hearing the whole song now. What'd you think? I mean, so you're hearing the song, but you're hearing it like recorded through like someone's phone. So it's not quite the same. Yeah, but I mean, the quality was good enough. It was pretty it good. It was pretty good. Yeah, um, it or anything. I think it's interesting. Uh, it's got a nice little, nice little feel to it once it gets going. Um, there's not much of a song there. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still, I'm, I'm increasingly pessimistic about the future of Mr. Kanye West right now. Mm. And ironically, in a weird way, not that it really matters, but one of the records that we're eventually going to talk about today, there's a song in there that um, I, I will I will address why I'm suddenly pessimistic about Kanye. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. But yeah. there's a reason why. Um, I got a little angle to this. Um, so we'll talk about that when we get there. But I don't know. Um, there's still like snippets of catchy stuff, and clearly sometimes when he's associated with stuff, good things happen. But the fact that they made a they actually made a video for piss on your grave um and they were promoting it on apple music is like completely unreal to me like that so in other words (laughs) in other words like they they really think that's like something people want to hear like i i just don't even know what to to make do you do you ever get to a place where you are so in your own world i think he's just yeah i think i I have no idea what where, where kanye's head is right now right um and i don't think he's done like i think he's i just don't know if he's in a good place to make good music right now Mm. right i mean people always have second acts like crazy stuff happens you know but um yeah i i I don't know we'll talk about him later we'll talk about him later but this record i'm not mad at at all i like the feel of it i just don't know if i'm really hearing a song right i hear like elements that could be cool but like what am i really hearing (laughs) man i don't know i really feel like this record is gonna be i feel i really feel like what Kanye's doing now, we're going to start, we're going to hear in 2017. You think he's just a little too ahead? I think he's a little too ahead. Right. That's an interesting thing. You know, um, we've talked about this sort of, this has been a common thread over the years, collaborative speakers talking about this notion of like um, people innovating versus following versus being like right on trend. Yep. And you always want to be just slightly leading. Yeah. You don't want to be too out there and you don't want to be perceived as the old has been who's trying to catch up yep and it's really hard as one project we'll be talking about Mm, mm, that's a really interesting point it's really really difficult especially you know especially if you're not at your creative apex and actually making the music that is setting the trend at that point right Mm -hmm. right and what kanye is actually trying to do is i think kanye has been on trend 
enough times that now he's almost trying to be like, how do I get way out in front? But he could be overthinking it. (laughs) Yep. But we'll see. We're making a lot of assumptions based off of like snippets and everything else. So, but I feel like they keep trying to, I don't know. I feel like, I still feel like this Kanye record could drop at any time. I know. (laughs) I'm not saying it should. I'm saying I still feel like they could really just come out of it with no, like I have no idea what to expect or when to expect it. You know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this though. And this might be the only positive thing I said about Kanye all year. Mm. I feel like in two weeks, I'm going to like this record. Yeah. I just, I can just feel it. I can just tell. I don't know. (sighs) Is it another thing? And this is just random. I've said that production has evolved so much in the last five years that a lot of rappers just aren't evolving the way production is. And you're, you're getting great production with very, very poor lyricism and just emcery in songwriting overall. Well, um, cause I, go ahead. That, that goes for one of the, another one of the projects we're going to talk about today as well. For me, I would say that I think that at various points in hip hop history, lyricism and production have, progressed at different rates Mm. it's never always in lockstep um you know i've talked about it many times i feel like um sometimes production will just go through these like like quantum leaps and then sort of settle in yeah and then sort of jump again and then sometimes there's trends that change right but sometimes it's really just like oh wow like there's lots of stuff like you know it sounds so quaint and, and 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 small to say this now but like it used to be like you made a record with samples or you made a record without samples. Right. And now it's like I have people have everything in the arsenal. Yep. Right. Like on the same record, you could have like there could be multiple like you could switch out your entire drum pattern, like all the like your entire drum sound. You might have a switch. You might bring in a bridge. Like I, I think part of it is for 100 percent the computerization of making beats. Right. The full like some people still do it like on an MPC. But like for the most part, a lot of people use software, whether it's like I use Ableton Live, a lot of people use Logic or they use Pro Tools to do like whatever they're using. You have almost infinite capability and it's sometimes too much and it's overwhelming. Like as a producer, sometimes it's like, I don't know where to start. Like there is something to be said from I've, I went to this, like as if you, especially if you're a sample based producer, like I went to the store and I grabbed these five records today and I need to make something out of music I grabbed from these five records instead of like, I have access to every snare ever. Right. And I, you know, and, and I, and you, and you sit there like, which, which 5,000, which of these 5,000 snares am I using today? Instead right. of like, I need to grab this thing and sort of make it work. Right. But for those who, who have a good grip on it, you can do whatever. Right. And I also think part of it too is, I mean, like, frankly, I lag behind, right? Like I don't play, like I sample, right? I don't play. Like I can fake a baseline and I can do, you know, I can fake some basic like background course, but I can't play. So I'm way behind. Like there are dudes who sample and play really well and they can do anything. You know what I mean? Yep, so absolutely. like, you're right. Like in that, in that way, the production capability has just, it's just, it's just ridiculous. And what's crazy about it, of course, is so many of these dudes who are super talented, they're just making like the same five trap records. Yep. That's what's actually kind of amazing. Yep. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I guess going back to which I, I would say that right now, I don't know if, I mean, I don't want to say that lyricism doesn't have any other place to go, but like, I think like this is do we're going to talk about today logic like I, you know and we actually you asked me about this a week or two ago like sort of you know why do white rappers always try to rap fast and it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's like well sometimes if you you know if you like if you that's what you default to it's like let me show you my flow yeah right so I guess I would just I'm sort of rambling here but I would just say that I think sometimes production advances quickly sometimes lyricism has advanced quickly so. That's yeah. all I would say. Like I like I don't think production really I'm going to I'm going to offend all the old school heads, right? But like there was an era in the early 90s where production was certainly changing and there was lots of different sounds, but like I feel like so like let's say the late 80s, like the difference in lyricism and style of rapping between 86 and 88, basically the introduction of Rakim is huge. Absolutely. Right? And he outpaced the speed at which I'm saying evolved was faster than say the speed of what production evolved at that point. Absolutely. Right. So I don't know if that really answered your question, but yeah, I mean, it was sort of rhetorical. Um, I, I, I'm not saying that, you know, MCing is dead or anything no, like no, that. No. I just feel like there's been such a focus on production and right, producers right, right. nowadays are so, so, so dope 
that you know the rappers it's it's funny because now you go from um you know it, it's been about melody for so long mm. now we're in a place where you know lyricism is back in style and it's like a lot of cats sort of haven't merged the two yet to sort of still be lyrical rapidy rap but then still add a little bit of you know melody and flair to it um but it, it'll 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 come it'll come it'll come so are you ready to talk about these albums or yeah, what? Yeah, we should because we're already like 30-something minutes into this. And um... <laughs> and I'm hungry. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little Oh, hungry. no. Oh, no. You're going you're gonna to get hangry. Uh, I got about another hour and a half. I'm trying to... <laughs> I, I, should, I should be good for the show. By the time the show is over, I'm going to be like, yeah, I got to go. Uh, so we have, uh, we have two, two rap projects and two R&B projects. Yep. I want to talk about the rap projects first. I was going to say, can we start with Logic since we already kind of talked about it? Let's start with Logic. Okay. So uh, Logic album is called The Incredible True Story. Yep. It is his second album. Um, yeah. His previous album, Under Pressure, I think sort of took a lot of people by surprise. Yeah, yeah. Um, you and I were pretty critical of him. Uh, would you call it critical or just like not really? I don't, but see, this is the, this is the thing where it caught a lot of people by surprise because I don't know anybody who says Logic is dope. Mm. Like his fan base is very centralized. Right. You know, like he's good. Like he's, you can, you can see the talent there, but I don't hear anybody throwing logic into a conversation as far as, you know, who's the best, who's, who's the most exciting, you know, X, Y, and Z. Right. Um, logic is, I think I might even call them this on the, on the, when we reviewed his album last year, uh, logic is the uncanny Valley rapper. Um, like he's close enough to being dope that all of his flaws stick out like crazy. Mm. Um, sometimes the closer you are to being ide- like really, really, really great, the more people pick on you. And you see this in all walks of life, right? Athletes, Absolutely. like people don't care about the fifth guy off the bench, but like Carmelo, they'll just pick apart, right? Because he could be, he could be great. Like Carmelo is really, really, really good, but he also has flaws and people mm. pick on those flaws. We got to know. We got to do NBA. Yeah, we got to do NBA. But like, and I'm not saying Logic is like Carmelo, but I'm saying like, I I think sometimes with artists, when they get really, really good, sometimes the flaws just stick out the most. I think that's one thing with Logic. And I think the other thing too, and he's, it's becoming sort of, uh, sort of a a black mark against him in a way. I think he's almost becoming weirdly notorious for it. And when people asked us to review his album on Twitter today, they, we had more than a few fans mention this. He definitely will sound like other rappers at times. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that on this project. Um, I, I actually, of course, I have track by track notes. We don't have to really spend a whole lot of time going track by track necessarily, but I think there's some interesting things that he's trying to do here. Yeah. Um, he's really trying to tell a story here. And I, and I respect the mess out of that. And it's actually an engaging story where I'm actually listening to the skits because I want to see how this progresses. Yeah, he's trying the story. Um, there's sort of an overarching theme to it. It's it's almost a little ambitious for a story. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, this isn't you know this isn't right. this isn't good kid, Mad City. You know this this is a really uh, God. I'm trying to think of the the type of movie that this is. It's like a sci-fi. It's meant to be like a sci-fi. Yeah, and you don't fantasy I, something right. like that. And yeah. the, and those genres don't typically get associated with hip hop. So this is kind of at all. This is an interesting thing. Absolutely, and I and I and I can respect that and appreciate that. Um, what was your, what, when you turned on the intro, which is contact, when you heard the Kanye amazing drums, what was your first reaction? Uh, here we go. <laughs> it really, it really sets off the album on a bad note. It was jarring. We, we talk about, you know, great hip hop intros, uh, you know, the G funk intro from doggy style. And I think, did you and I have this conversation or maybe it was me and another friend as far as. Is the intro the intro? Oh, you and I were talking. Yeah, you okay. and I were talking. The intro to first. So to me, the intro is the first song on the album. So I used another example: New York State of Mind from Illmatic. Right. You know, the intro from DMX is uh, from "It's Dark and Hell Is Hot." There are intros, even even a uh, Master Splinter. Um, yeah, you you're. It's like okay, it's literally like the roller coaster when it's going up. Like okay, we're going somewhere. Right, Where right, is right, this? Right, right, right. Um, but I don't think. It happens that often, even with Young Jeezy intros as well. Um, I don't think we we I don't think it happens enough to where on the other side it's like, oh, this isn't good. You know, the in, where the intro's bad, 
And I don't mean bad in like a whack way, but if you're already getting comparisons to Kanye and J. Cole, I don't hear the Kendrick comparisons. I don't hear Kendrick. Oh, there's, there's definitely some Kendrick on here. I absolutely hear J. Cole. I hear J. Cole. Oh, interesting. Like to, I hear J. Cole to AT. There's some Lupe on here too. I mean, but you know, J. Cole has some Lupe too. Well, um, but when you're already being compared to other artists and then one of the artists that you, you, you're being compared to, you're using his drums from a single, right. a song that people are pretty familiar with. Right. It's not, it's not, um, yeah. <laughs> that's, tri- that's tripping out. The, that's the 100 yard dash and tripping out the gate to me. Yeah. Um, so contact is, you know, it's an intro. Um, the 808 drum, the, the drums from 808s. Uh, stick out immediately but uh it's an intro he's trying he's setting the story um the actual first song is fade away with uh believe it or not a sample of somebody singing deck the halls um oh. not really a fan of fade away how do you feel about fade away eh, listen listen i'm okay. gonna do you a favor okay. and just fast forward through all this okay so we talked about the story right i wish that logic had j cole's production mm. um but I wish J. Cole had Logic's rhymes. Now, well, okay. on, let, now let, let me ahead, explain that. Ahead. And we were just talking about this in the car uh, on, the, on the drive up to the show, where there are some rappers who are considered lyrical, but they do simple well. I think that J. Cole does simple well. I think that once Logic learns how to hone his skill set and become who Logic is as an artist, I think verse for verse rapper to rapper he can either be just as good or better than cole i think the problem overall with logic is that frankly he there's like you can have a lot going on in the rhyme scheme and the flow or you can have a lot going on in the beat you cannot have both agree he fails that test over and over and over like there are some songs there's just there's just too much going on yeah, a lot of a lot of beady McBeats on this project. A lot of beady McBeats, and if you do that kind of thing, you can't rap that way. Absolutely, but you notice that's something that J Cole learned. Uh, we actually listened to Forest Hill Drive, Forest Hills Drive on the way up, and uh, there's a lot of space in J Cole's rhymes now. Right, right, right. So he's he's learned to sort of pace himself and ride the tempo and do the other MC intangibles that make a song and create art that people can. Uh, grab a hole too easier right but logic hasn't learned that yet one thing i watched his breakfast club interview and one thing i heard him say was you know of course Charlemagne was getting on him you sound like this you sound like this and you know they were saying the talent is there but he hasn't honed it in and he says hey this is my second album i'm 24 years old and you know once i get it all together you know i, I I'll, I'll i'll be okay and i'll earn your respect but i think with this album i've sort of you know put myself in a conversation um I think one thing about being 30, and maybe Doc, you can help me attest to this. I'm going to throw you under the bus with me. Mm. When Once you hit 30, you realize how ignorant and stupid you were in your 20s. <laughs> like, I mean, I just turned 31 and I'm just like in, incredible. Like, oh my God, I was so stupid in my 20s. So ignorant, so, so unaware. And I think that's what it is with Logic. I think that Logic is a 24-year-old kid and I'm not giving him the the soldier boy oh he's just a kid like there's just really some things that you're just most people aren't going to be privy to in their early 20s you take things that you like and you know you figure out how to hone them together and you hopefully get to a place where they you can make them authentically you but if you don't know who you are yet it's going to be a little harder to do or at least who you want to be right. you know what i'm saying cuz if you if you want to put a mask on and and sort of be you know, a character versus a real person, then you can sort of build around that character as well. I just don't think Logic has figured all that out yet. He's, he, he literally, he just looks like a kid. He talks like I, a kid. He's I, an awkward kid. I think part of it too is white rappers always have this uh, Napoleon complex when it comes to uh, like authenticity in hip hop. So like when he gets accused of sounding like other people, that just feeds into that, right? There's always this, like, if for white rappers, it's always this sort of like they feel like they have to like fight for respect. Yeah. So I'm, I, I, I think, feel like I, he, think I feel like he's a, I feel like he's a little defensive about this. And look, people are going after him, but like, listen, like, track three upgrade, like, he's totally doing stuff that Kendrick and notably Kendrick does, right? You, the only other, like, so 
I like that beat though. Uh, beat is cool. Um, so Kendrick will sort of remember when Kendrick first came out, people were like, "Why is he using like a weird voice at times?" Yeah, mm-hmm. and it would be like how he would sort of it would almost be like a weird like way to do harmonies on like when he's rapping, like to give certain parts emphasis. He would do like a pitch up or a pitch down or like a weird sort of thing. Yeah, and Logic's doing that at times here, and that's like that's a Kendrick trick. Like other people might have done that in history, like Andre Three Thousand kind of did that a little bit, right? Way back, yep. and that's part of why people thought he sounded like Andre. But like, yep. you know who does that right now? The only person who does that right now is really Kendrick. Yep. And he did it in like the exact same way. So like, people are gonna point that out. Yep. Right. Um, Young Jesus is a giant Lupe Fiasco impersonation. The first verse, like at one time, I was like, "Is Lupe Fiasco rapping right now?" Yeah. Like he's sort of, I, and I look, I'm sure that. And it's really not fair at all, right? Because producers can f- slip in and out of stuff like this all the time. Oh, you made a record that sounds like this. Yeah, I did. And then yeah. I would have made a record that sounds like this. But for some reason, there's a double standard when it comes to rappers. Right. Absolutely. I mean, even our, our, our favorites, the Neptunes, you know, there's sometimes where, yeah, you're right, where producers will hit a vein and they'll make very similar sounding. I mean, even who did we talk about last week? Megahertz? Yeah. Well, no, I'm, what I'm saying is producers have the flexibility to be like, oh, I'm going to go make a trap record, but then I'm going to go ah, make it this okay. record, but then I'm going to go make it this record. But like, I follow you. I follow you. I follow you. Okay. Right. Like if yep. a producer goes and makes a record that sounds like what Drake is doing right now, it's just called a, they're like, oh, well, it's just a Drake style record. But if a rapper does that, and we're going to talk about that in a second, then people point it out. Right. Yeah, that's it. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. I agree. And actually, let's just jump to it. So, like, actually, so Young Jesus was one of the singles, I think, right? I don't know. <laughs> it has uh, has the classic UFO sample in it. Um, it's uh, it's a cool record, I guess. But like I said, like I just can't help but hear other rappers when I hear him rap. Yeah. I am the greatest, which it's produced by Six Sense and Oz or Oz, I guess, who have done work with Drake. Notably, they produced. I think they produced Six uh, Six God for him. Okay. So I guess it's not surprising, but I Am The Greatest is a giant, if you're reading this, it's too late ripoff. The beat, he's even doing the yelling. Like, I'm not even lying to you. I looked at the credits on Wikipedia to see if Q Miller was credited. Like, that's how much of an, if you're reading this, it's too late ripoff that song is. It's atrocious. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to front. Like, I, I just, yeah. those are my only two points about Logic Sound. We've already talked about both of them was the story. Did you, <laughs> did you hear City of, so City of Stars is the flashing lights ripoff? I mean, I heard it, but I, I heard it, but I, I listened to this album like twice. Right. I listened to it once. And I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I listened to it initially yeah, yeah, yeah. when I didn't know we were going to, you know, right, do right, the right, episode, right. I listened to it on my own and then I went back and listened to it for the show. But I, I didn't, I didn't listen. I didn't pay attention to much else. Yeah. City of Stars is like the flashing lights drums with 808's synth work. It's like a Kanye song with no charisma. Um, I know I'm being harsh, but like. This stuff really sticks out. Like, it's not even like I'm sitting there, like, analyzing, like, oh, what? I wonder which one this one sounds like and searching my brain. Like, as soon as these records come on, I just hear other people. Now I want to hear City of Stars. Hold on. Yeah, go play right now. Oh, man. It totally sounds like a Kanye record, but it's like a hybrid Kanye record. It's like half graduation, a little bit of 808s, and then oh, some of that newer vocal man. stuff. But it's all Kanye. That's that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Like I feel, I really feel bad. Like there's no there's no slander. Like that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Um, I don't mind Stainless, even though it's weird because it samples uh, a Travis Scott record from his mixtape. Um. <laughs> But it's uh, DJ Die. He helps on the, on, helps out in the production there. I like I like that beat. Um, uh, what else did I like? Um, I like the last song, uh, the Incredible True Story, which is produced by DJ Khalil. Um, it would sound great with a live band. Um, but uh, I did not really like this album. <laughs> did it, you? It, I mean, it. I think more important, like. I didn't, I mean, I didn't hate it, but it just didn't leave much of an impression with me. You know, it's one of those things where it has all the intangibles because, you know, the, the, the people that he's quote unquote biting or influenced off of or doing renditions of, these aren't whack artists. No, you know? right, right. I, you know, so I think just, he needs, he needs an outside 
producer or a and r like in in the like twenty years ago we would be like, hey, he needs to get with a really good a and r to help guide him well i also I also think this yeah um and I tell this to a lot of people like kids that I mentor like he's just got to live life too that's true, but i I just think that so you're right some of that like when you listen to the interview and how I think he gets a little defensive, but like when you listen to that it's like yeah, he just has to mature but so, but like just structurally like when you think like how is he making music? How is he putting stuff together? Like, I just think he needs to work with outside people. Like, no, I, I, I agree. It's, it's sort of, it's the J Cole problem. Um, and it's weirdly almost like, you know, big crit sort of struggles with the same thing. Although big crit was actually successful, like with his own sound, but like J Cole probably should stop making beats for himself. Um, you know what though, listening to Forest Hill, this is why we need to do the, we need to do a revisit. A revisit. Absolutely. Cause I mean, even with, you know, we're, we're getting more and more listeners tweeting and saying, hey, I listened to your blah, blah, blah retrospective. And, and I go just back like, and listen to it. No. Well, I'll go back and I'll listen to maybe five or 10 minutes. And I'm like, I don't feel that way anymore. Mm. See, my problem is I listen to it and I'm like, oh, God, what was I doing with my mic? Or, oh, oh the, no. yeah, the sound quality is terrible. Terrible. Sound quality is terrible. But, yeah, on top of that, it's just I think that we have, you know, I think our ears have matured. And I also mm. think that we've just learned how to do this podcasting you know this right. is this is fairly easy for us um, well, just at least the show the other intangibles is, are the work but right, right, you right, know right, right. getting getting on you know get online and talking about music for two hours a week like that's easy but no it's i think part of it too is we we've, we've now we're getting inside baseball like we've adjusted the format like we talk about not just like track one let's talk about this song like we talk about the stuff surrounding the album and why it yeah. matters. And hopefully what we leave people with, and sometimes we're successful, sometimes we're probably not. Hopefully what we leave people with is why do they care or why should they care? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I want to, I want to, I want to do it because that Forest Hill drive, Forest Hill, why do I keep on Forest Hill? Forest Hills drive album. Before we got into a conversation and the volume got turned down, it was a whole lot better than I thought, than I remember it being. Hmm. So I want to go back and revisit it and play it. And I seem to be the only person. We seem to be the only people I know who don't like that album. I just have a problem with his drums. <laughs> and I can't get past it. it I know. I'm, I know. I'm actually, I'll revisit it. I'll revisit it. I'm actually. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk offline about okay. the, the albums that we actually revisit. I'm actually shocked that like we, we caught a little bit of backlash for our, for our Money Making Mitch episode last week. Like people are really shocked that we didn't like it. I'm hearing like this is one of the best mixtapes of the year. Like I'm like really, really, really. Every, everybody heard that same Renee catastrophe. I heard right, like money ain't a problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was oh okay. Anyway, anyway, let's, anyway, let's let's wrap up. Let's wrap up on logic. And, and so, um, you and I both agree logic is a talented rapper. Absolutely. I don't think he's quite close to putting it together yet. What is interesting though is he is like he he himself did more production on the album. Like his he's getting more insular. Like he's not like it's not like he it's not like he produced everything with him and his guys initially and then sort of broadened out. Like as he's going along, he's producing more and more himself. That's an interesting trend, and I don't know if that's a good idea. Right. Um. But we'll see. You know, he clearly has a fan base. Maybe maybe this is a case where he's just gonna have a niche. And he can just sell to that niche and he can just tour and you can just be a successful artist for that niche. And but, we just, we t- I mean, he did, I think he said he, he topped off at about 300,000. I think in this sort of market with, you know, everything going on, that's not bad at all. No, that's not bad. At all, at all, at all. So, you know, and we talk about that with game, like that just might be the thing for now. You've right. got your Drakes, your Beyonce's, you know, your A-list artists and everybody else just sort of has their little square. But you know what though? Like I, I don't also want to sentence a twenty-four-year-old to their fate already. Like because he has right. talent and he could go somewhere else. It's just a question of does he want to? Agreed. I agree. Okay. I agree. I agree. Um, do you want to talk about your man Jeezy? <sighs> Yo, the B side called him Zizi. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Young Jizzle. Young now Jizzle just from the bottom of the map. Now, now he's just Jeezy. How do you feel about that? When 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 a rapper drops, you know, we had a little Bow Wow to Bow Wow. How, how do you feel about the getting rid of Young and just Jeezy? I mean, you know, like, you'd be like, man, I'm a grown man, dog. Like, I'm, you know. Right. I'm in my 30s. I'm in my 40s. Like, how He's you going to call young. me Lil or Young or nothing like that? I mean, but, on the, but could you imagine if all of a sudden, like, Lil Wayne was like, 
you could just call me Wayne now. Like, I don't know if that works. Well, now, of course, now the argument is, well, I changed my name because I can't Google myself. <laughs> that's that's the conversation I hear amongst the rappers. Um, yeah, right, right. Just just call me Wayne. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't I don't even think Wayne cares at this point. No, nah, I don't think he cares. Um, but hey, drop but, his name, but, whatever. But but uh, but Jeezy cared. So yes, he did. Last we heard from Jeezy was seen it all. Right. Very. Didn't he do it? No, he didn't. Oh yeah, very forgetful album. I need to look at that track listing. Seen it all. It had what well, had it had the record with Jay that people loved and I Except thought for was me. very yeah, it was very mediocre. Okay. It We're did not. have beautiful. I did like that record. I think that was Ross in yep, a yep. game with that was the a black, black metaphor. Shout out to Black Metaphor. Ooh. Yeah. That, and there were some other sense. records like uh Black Eskimo with Cardo. I think that was pretty good. Yeah. There were some records on there that were okay. But a lot of them were just Eh, eh. Yeah, very eh. Yeah, yeah. Very eh. So now all of a sudden, mm-hmm. um, he has uh, put on a suit. <laughs> he is now a pastor. Ironically, he's Pastor Young, even though he's dropped Young Jeezy. Um, he's Pastor Young. He's pulling from every single religion you can think of. And now all of a sudden, he's bringing the church to the streets. Mm-hmm. Now, let me say this. As a Christian, Mm -hmm. anytime a church says that, yo, I'm bringing a church to the streets. We're looking at him like you are the corniest, like go somewhere. This is like youth ministry and he's got the, he's got the, uh, the upside down sun visor (laughs) (laughs) and he's got like the, the boss baseball jersey. It's the, the player 69 jersey. He's like, yo, so do you guys like hip hop? But when Young Jeezy does it, it's cool. So I'm, I'm just a little, I'm a little confused about the, the double standard. We, you know, they manipulate the Bible as the Lord. We demonstrate the Bible and it's corny. But anyway, so okay, so Doc, yeah, this is what I want to know. You, yes, sir. as a Young Jeezy fan, you've been in the trenches forever. You, it's been you've, tough. It's been tough. You've, you've walked through the TM 103 slander. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen a lot. You've had a lot of ups and downs. How do you feel about just everything right now concerning Jeezy in this project? He really was determined to leak every possible song off of this record. Fam. Like all of them, apparently. Like, <laughs> And the amazing part is, is like nobody cared. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because with TM103, I believe he just went back and reworked, you know, and sort of that was a case where they were looking for a lead single. But that, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. In this case, they were just trying to like, it was almost like, well, it's going to come out. Let's just put something out and hope that something takes off. Yep. Um, it is not a good time to be a Jeezy fan. Mm. This is his eighth studio album. Wow. And um, I mean, I have track by track notes, but there's really no reason to go track by track on this. At all. I'm actually shocked you pulled notes from this. The, Right, I could just start slandering, but there's no need to. It, this is a boring album. That's that's the word. Boring. That's the word. And and I'll get a little bit more specific. Like oddly, some of these beats just sound generic. Yeah, yeah. Even dated a little bit. Yeah, like like uh, lost. I'll pick one out. Lost Souls. Like the horns on those are like Reek. it's like they're the like cheapest, cheesiest keyboard horns. It's it's so they're like. They're like young jock horns. Yeah. Now there are some records on here that are, you know, that are that sound a little better. Like the London on the track stuff. Like he's done a lot of stuff with Young Thug. I'm not the biggest London on the track fan, but like Gold Bottles, the beat to that is fine. That's actually not a bad song. Um the hooks on this overall are just not good either. And Jeezy yeah. used to have the I mean, remember, Jeezy used to have nothing but hooks and ad libs and charisma and beats. Absolutely. And he now has none of that. Absolutely. Um, so one of the the first record that leaked out to leak uh, leaked from this was God. Yeah. Uh, produced by Southside and Team Eighty Eight. Yeah. That is one of the slowest BPMs I have heard in a long time. Like that thing is barely moving, but it's not terrible, and it's actually one of the better records on here. Yeah. Because at least it sounds a little different. Um, and. The- <laughs> 
There's a guy who who's got uh, you know uh one two three four like five credits on here I've never heard of before. Great producer name, uh, Romeo Suave. It's amazing. <laughs> That's an amazing producer name. I'm so mad that my producer name is Doc. That's just so dumb. I uh, Romeo Suave. <laughs> Can you imagine though if I would have like had the producer name Romeo Suave and then I show up to like the first like beat battle and I'm a white kid like. I, I pretty much just get beat up at that point, right? With a name like Romeo Suave? Um, nah, it just depends. You just have to sample a lot of, like, you know, Latin music. Right. I need. I mean, I need to sample Rico Suave, I think is what you're saying. Oh, um, that, would, that would be fire. Well, you asked me to send you stuff yesterday. There yeah, you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I thought you were going to send me old gospel records. Instead, you're going to send me... Uh... Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for those. But okay. yeah, I'm, actually, I'm absolutely going to send you some, uh, some Gerardo records. <laughs> we got to follow up Marcus Graham, baby. Uh, some John Cicada records. <laughs> <laughs> just, a, <laughs> just another day, 2016. <laughs> Yo, John Cicada was like the epitome of early 90s pop music. Yeah. All of his videos were either at a beach or in the desert. A lot of white linen. A lot of white linen, sepia tone. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, yeah. And the woman, not only was he wearing like a, you know, a, a loose fitting white shirt. And it was windy. In. Yeah, it was always windy, but his <laughs> hair never moved. And there's always a chick who would have like a white blanket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she would just be kind of like moving around like she had the, the, the Wile E. Coyote suit. We, we, might, suit that he had. we might just be remembering only the Just Another Day video. I can't remember. Now I said he's just the epitome of early 90s right. pop and R&B because all those videos used to look like that. Um, anyway, anyway, uh, Romo Suave. I can't believe I'm actually saying that aloud. He's got some some decent beats on here, actually. Like Jabo is not bad. Um, uh, I feel you is okay. Uh, yeah, honestly, there's just not a whole lot of stuff going on here. The hook, well, actually, you know, it's kind of concerning. Like you can say with beats, all right, maybe he, maybe his budget's not that big. Maybe he's lost his ear. But like, I just kind of can't believe that Jeezy has lost his catchy hooks. Yeah. Like, there's nothing remotely catchy about this entire project. This is his worst project, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one thing that's really interesting is that he has no guests. He has right. no guests, and there's like 17 tracks on this album. There's 19 tracks on this album. Ooh. And actually, one of the better oh. songs is the and, one with Monica. Yeah. It's a different kind of beat for this but, album. It's not bad. I feel like he's done that record before and better. Oh, I'm I'm not denying that. I'm just saying, like, yeah, this is bad. Yeah, I, we should all be wishing for the TM103 days. Right. TM103 right. records like way too gone. Yeah. Fame. Yo, Even f- I do. The the funny part is, is I remember when Way Too Gone came out, and you were like, so how do you feel about? Future. And putting future on the album and i was like yeah you know he's just reaching out to the new guys in atlanta there might be something you were like no we're not gonna remember future this time next year <laughs> <laughs> whoops um, even super freak so like yeah super freak like yep. i'm looking at the track listing right now super freak is produced by d rich d rich produced the first two songs on this album uh-huh that is a heck of a drop off in quality of beats S- Speaking of Super Freak, did you listen to uh, 2 Chainz Project, Trap Belly Trey? No, I didn't. I, I, I was compelled to listen to it after uh, hearing his interview with, with uh, Rap Radar Podcast. And? And it, the same thing as Jeezy. Really, oh, no. really boring. Oh, really no. boring. But at yeah. least it was a mixtape? Yeah, it was a, it was a mixtape that ended up putting on iTunes. He does have a record. Uh, watch out. Um, his, so his single is cool. His single is, is, is all right. But the project itself, I was shocked he he's really just been totally pushed to the side by future absolutely like it, it felt like for a while there was enough room for all these guys out of atlanta but yep. future yep. is just like sucked all the wind out of it like he is atlanta right now yes he is at least for the like the big like well-known guys there's still a whole bunch of like young like young guys bubbling up but like yep, yep. he is the guy yep yep um, but now this church in the streets record like we i mean well let me ask you this so like what does so why did jeezy put this out <sighs> so I don't know if maybe his deal is up and he's ready to leave Def Jam, similar to what Ross did. Mm, it's his eighth album. That's, you know, he's been you know, around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So be- very feasible that, you know, he's just ready to get off the label. Def Jam is a completely different artist or a completely different office from when he initially signed. Um, and he could have just put something together to put out. 
You know, his marketing seemed to be relatively cheap. So, you know, a lot of, lot of focus on SoundCloud and YouTube and, you know, digital media. So I, I, that's the only thing I could think of because Jeezy's been out since 2005. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, you could always guarantee something. And nothing about Jeezy up until this point said, I'm falling off. Seen it all was very eh. But it still had a couple of records. This right. right here is just like, it's mind-boggling how forgetful this project is. It's pretty bad. So I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Right, like next year, if Jeezy does a show somewhere, does he play a single record off this? No. <laughs> right. Right. No. Man. No. Jeezy. What happened? Yep. Well, that's a really, really depressing way to end Side A of this week's episode, but I think we should end Side A right there. Um, side B, we'll, uh, we'll be talking about two R&B projects. So uh, check that out on clock30speakers.com. We hope you enjoyed Side A of this week's episode. Please check out Side B at clockradiospeakers.com.